Good morning, Haynes Creek. How's everybody this morning? Amen. Yeah, let me see. Let's have some fun this morning, God's Word. I'm going to deal with spiritual warfare. Um, let us pray again first. Gracious Father, we come in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for who you are. We ask that I would decrease and you would increase and that your word will go forth today. Father God, we just thank you for another day to come together to worship and to learn and study your word together. Thank you, Lord. We ask that your Holy Spirit would use us now, use me, and have his way. In Jesus' name, O oh Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. This is a very familiar topic, uh, warfare. Uh, spiritual warfare is um, difficult in some cases. It could be. But I want to read a scripture. Uh, I got a few scriptures that I'm going to come from today. I'm coming from the King, the King James Version. And um, 2 Corinthians 10, I'm going to read from there and see what Paul has to say about spiritual warfare. We're going to start down. And it reads as follows. Um, chapter 10, 2 Corinthians, verse 3. I'm going to read down to about five or six verses. Uh, For though I walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled, amen. So here Paul is talking about um, spiritual warfare. When we think of war, we think about um, the Gulf War. We think about the war that's going on now, Russia and um, Ukraine. But this war here is different. Just a different war. This spiritual war, God has to equip us as saints um, with um, putting on um, armor. We're going to get into that in a few minutes. And I want to demonstrate something to you also uh, with this warfare that um, James said in 4.1 that where the wars come from, do they not come from among us, from our own enticing and in, in our desires? So therefore, that tells me and you that when I'm engaged into warfare as a believer, things can come up on me and the Satan now, Satan's going to try to catch you at a vulnerable moment. He's going to try to catch you at a vulnerable moment. And as Paul was saying, bring every thought into captivity. Once that seed being planted that's not like Christ, Satan's going to stick his foot in the door. And here he comes, wide open. So now, with that being said, the war first started in heaven. Um... Revelation 12, chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. I'm going to read down. And um, 
12.1, it says in Revelation, Now there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child uh, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was a war in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, the great dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not, neither was there place found any more in heaven and the great dragon was cast out, the serpent called the devil, the Satan which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels was cast out with him. When that took place in heaven, the war came to you and I then as Christians. As it said in the beginning of that, of this text, um, of this particular uh, chapter, it said uh, that woman who appeared in heaven, that woman was the church, that child was Jesus. So she was clothed with the sun with the moon on her feet, and she had a crown of 12 stars on her head, which was represented the 12 tribes of Israel, which is the church, which is us. And it's talking about right now today. When this took place in heaven, Satan knew he couldn't hurt Jesus. So, but he could hurt his followers. He could try to deceive us to turn us back. And this is something going on every day in our entire life as Christians, as believers. We've been tempted. We've been tempted in the flesh. Uh, I think it's 1 John 2. It says, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. That's temptation. And we take what we see, we might look at something and lust out there. And God said, bring that thought into captivity. As we go back to our main text, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, and 5, this warfare. And um, I got some questions for us today, about three or four questions. But I want to go over um, another particular scripture with us that's very familiar. It's in uh, Matthew 1. And this is our Savior. This is our Lord and Savior. Who's showing us the way back to the Father? He said, what I do, you do as I do. Matthew 4, and we're going to break that down <clears throat> with the spiritual warfare. That's Matthew 4, 1. At this time, Jesus had been fasting. We're going to read it. He had been fasting. And as I said, Satan tried to catch us at a vulnerable moment, going through crisis, dealing with situations, and here he comes. But it says right here in Matthew 4, uh, verse 1, it said, Then Jesus was led up um, 
of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by, by, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. Knows what Jesus did when he was engaged in his warfare. What did he reflect back on? The word of God. Those are our weapons that we're going to have to have. Even if we don't know scripture like that, you can just, some people can't just quote scripture or whatever and understand what they're saying to them. But I'm pretty sure we can understand them as believers. But um, it's good to know scripture. And then you got the Bible. And you can remember from these type of sermons and um, as a Christian, as when you do read, the Holy Spirit will bring some things back most of the time, bring it back to your remembrance in the time of need when you're in war with Satan. I have a quick question for us too. Uh, how do I know? How do we know? Um, how do I know when I'm being tempted? Matthew 4 two and three, we just read. It said that when he had fasted 40 days, for, for days, 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. Notice, it was the flesh now, notice Jesus, his God too. He's the God of all. He was being tempted at that time. Jesus knew this, I'm pretty sure, but he's showing us how to walk how to fight. Remember, he can't harm Jesus, but he can harm us. He can try to turn us away from the Lord. And this everyday thing that we go through in life, it could be on your job, different little things. As James said in 4.1, where do wars come from? Do they not come from among us, from our own desires, our own enticing words and things that we crave for in the flesh? Amen. Do it make any sense to you? Um, so when Jesus was tempted, the question is, how do I know when I'm being tempted? Matthew 4 through 2 and 3. You're in a vulnerable situation, facing a crisis, or anything like that in life. Satan is going to try to come after you. So how do I know when I'm going through this situation? You're already in a situation. You know you are, you are a believer. You have to think back and grab that word like James said, count it all joy. When I fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of my faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that I may be made complete like a nothing. It's only a test. You're saying to yourself, sometimes we get caught up in what we're doing in our daily schedules, our jobs, dealing with our kids. We got things that we do every day, and, and we got a life, you know? So these things will come up on you, but you got to know as a believer, hey, I'm just being tempted here. I'm just being tempted. Man, I had something happen to me um, about a couple of weeks ago. It seemed like everywhere I turned, it was something coming against just me. I mean, really, I'm in court everywhere. I'm like, Lord, what is going on? I knew I was in spiritual, I was engaged in spiritual warfare. So I knew that I had to pray, I had to maintain um, 
myself as a Christian to keep myself. And when we get in those situations, we got to know that. We got to grab that word. First thing Jesus did, how do I know when I'm being tempted? Jesus went and got that word. He said, it is written. He didn't just say anything to Satan. He said, it is written. And he quoted a scripture that's from um, uh, Psalm 91. But Satan came back and twisted the scripture, if you read it real carefully. So he went on. Now, he just, that was his first time being, being tempted. Now, how do I defend myself? How do I fight back? We were just talking about that, the word of God. We used the word. He said, how do I prepare myself for spiritual warfare? How do we prepare ourselves for spiritual warfare? As Christians, we study the word of God. We read daily. Have you ever been in the shower and you hear a song? You heard this song about a week ago, two weeks ago, and all of a sudden you're singing this song again. When we spend time in the Word of God, you're gonna, that Word going to come back to you. What you're hearing now, if it's truth, Jesus is truth, the Word of God, it's going to come back. You've been in the shower a week later, and you're like, where is this coming from? That's the Holy Spirit ministering to you, singing to you, keeping you, preparing you for what's going to come up. Old Satan, that old dragon, Leviathan, the serpent of old, that old devil, he's coming every day. He come through your kids. He come through your family members, your best friends. And we have to be careful because it's real sensitive. We might, a person might say something to you, a friend, but we having a not so good of a day. And what they said to you, they didn't mean no harm, but you took it the wrong way. And when that happens, that's like spiritual warfare. That, that's what Jane was saying, where the wars come from. You start warring right then within yourself. Why did he say that to me? Why did she say that to me? Me and her, I thought we was friends. And that person didn't mean it like that. So we start a war within ourselves. As we walk in flesh, we do not war according to flesh. For our weapons of warfare are not carnal, fleshly, but they are mighty in God. Who is God? The word of God. Jesus was relying on nothing but the uncut word of God. He said to Satan, it is written. And the second time he took him, said, I'm going to show you all of the um, kingdoms of the earth. He said, I'll give them all to you. Wow. <laughs> you're going to give Jesus, uh, you're going to give the creator something that he created, even he created you. Isn't that something? <laughs> the word is foreign is funny, too, when you think about how old Satan keep coming with the same old tricks. But again, I say, the more we study to show ourselves to approve, we be more like Romans 12, um, 1 and 2. Uh, 12, 1 say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of the Lord, that you present your body to him holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. In verse 2, key verse, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The more time you spend with God, riding in your car, listening to the gospel music, you clothing yourself with the Lord. You're clothing yourself with God. Then you're reading all the time. You know, you're still going to live. You're going to still do what you do, but have fun and deal with the kids and the family and 
uh, social life with your friends and all and talk about sports. Uh, by the way, the dogs did win this weekend and everything. <laughs> so um, you're going to still do that. But we, we in the world, but we ain't of the world. Doesn't mean that we don't have to, we, don't, we can't do things that we're going to engage in the spiritual warfare. I got to be that careful, but no, nah, this is an everyday thing. And the way you're going to know this, the way we're going to know this is by studying all the time. When you study all the time, you're going to know Satan tactics. When he come up, guess who you are? He's the liar. He's the father of lies. He's a great deceiver. He's wrong. Anything wrong, that's Satan. Anything wrong is Satan. Anything good is the Lord. That's how clear it is. And it becomes more clearer when you do that Romans uh, 12 2. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Study in 2 Timothy 2 15 to show yourself to approve and not be ashamed, but rightly divide God's word. When these things come up on them, we get sick. That's, that's, that's warfare. You bleed the doctor, and that's good. You're supposed to bleed him. God gave him the wisdom and the knowledge to tell you what's wrong. But you also got to trust God and use God in medicine. See, what's for the natural is for the natural. And what's for the spirit is for the spirit. Amen. I hear, I've heard some Christians say, but no, I'm not going to take that shot. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to take that, that shot. I said, well, wow. If you take the shot, um, it's going to be a little worse than what this thing is put out to be. So um, what's for the flesh is for the flesh. What's for the spirit is for the spirit. So we can't be just dumb to the fact to drink cyanide and say, oh, God got me. I ain't going to die. I'm going to drink this cup of cyanide. No, you're finna go to heaven today. <laughs> That's all it is to <laughs> to make that plain simple. Yeah, yeah, you will go to heaven, but you're finna go right now. <laughs> if you drink that sign out. <laughs> but yeah, this war broke out in heaven. And these, um, I want to go over some, um, I want to go to um, Ephesians 6. And um, we want to deal with the armor of God. Paul was speaking of the armor to the Corinthians, I mean to the Ephesians, in Ephesus. Um, let's go in there and dissect that a little bit. Um, armor. What is armor? Armor is something that we know with a natural soldier, he have a helmet to go in battle. He have a helmet. Nowadays, our soldiers, we have what all kind of high-tech stuff. We don't even need a shield. But I, I'm pretty sure Paul was doing this according to the way it was in that time. So they had, back then, they had, uh, they had a shield, they had spears, um, all type of uh, historic um, war weapons that they used back then. Um, I got that here somewhere. Give me a second, I'm going to look at that thing. Yeah. yeah, here it is, right here. It's a um, hand-to-hand comeback, hand-to-hand comeback emphasizes the personal and individual nature of spiritual warfare waged against, wages, waged against each local church and Christian, flesh and blood, referring to humanity such as in the church adversary. Instead of oppressed principalities, 
powers and authorities, rulers um, of the world, spiritual wickedness, wicked uh, spiritual beings. That is fallen angels, demons, and Lucifer. But it goes on and it talks about the armor. The whole armor of God consists of six pieces. We're going to read this in a minute. And then is a knowledge of the truth of God's word, the ancient soldiers' lawns waste. Talking about Paul was speaking of then how the soldiers were back then, how they went into battle, the uh, technology that they had back then, uh, were uh, girt about with um, truth of God's word, um, uh, with a leather belt, I'm sorry, and uh, with, uh, which held most of the other pieces of the armor. Let me read that again. The ancient soldier's waist was girt about with a leather belt with, uh, with, which held most of the armor pieces of his armor in place. Hmm. Similar to other pieces of the Christian armor depends on uh, and they are held in place uh, by his spirit, belt of his knowledge and truth of scripture. Breastplate of righteousness and may be uh, read in the truth of the scriptures. The breastplate of righteousness, that was a piece of armor that they put on. You've seen the Roman, the old Roman movies. I love to watch those kind of movies. They had the breastplate of armor on and all this stuff um, to go in battle. So with this armor, I ain't going to read any more of it. <laughs> I'm going to get into uh, 6. Ephesians 6, talking about the armor of God. Verse 10. I think it's about 10 verses. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not, wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities, uh, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual wicked, wickedness in high places. Wherefore they unto... Take unto you the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your lungs girt about with truth. We know what that means. Always telling the truth regardless of what the situation is. You just stand in truth. God got you. And having on the breastplate of righteousness and his righteousness because our righteousness could be my own right, my own way but it's God's righteousness. And your feet show with the preparation of the gospel peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked ones and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation is so good. We, we are sane and spiritually sane, so we know what's going on as believers. We know now that, hey, um, I'm being tempted here. I'm, in, I'm engaged in spiritual warfare. So I got to pull myself together according to God's word. I got to love in spite of. That's how you defeat Satan. You got to love in spite of, regardless of what that person might have said or, or whatever the situation was. You got to love in spite of. You got to just, that agape love, uh, godly love. Some things you might want to say, Ugh, but you just got to, Stand down and let God be God in you at that time. Because that person, whether you know the truth or not, 
that person um, could not be a believer. And by you handling that situation the way you handle it, that person will come to Christ. Would be You'll win him over. He'd be like, God, I treat this guy so bad on the job. Always treated him bad. But he remained nice to me. He, he just remained a real good guy. Come to find out that this guy is a believer. So whatever that is he got, I want some of that. Amen. So with this armor on, you got the help of the salvation. You know who you are in, in Christ. Salvation is what? Freedom. I'm, I'm delivered. I'm free in Christ. Nothing of this world going to have no strains on me that going to keep me down. Depression. All of these little fiery darts that Satan throw at you. Depressed. Um, it was trying to sit in on me a week ago. I had COVID. Couldn't go out. I could go outside, but I couldn't go nowhere. Couldn't do nothing. And some of us, you have experienced the same thing. And that's Satan trying to come at you, trying to make you depressed. God didn't want us to be depressed. God wants you to be um, jolly at all times, even though it's not going to be that way all the time. But you just make the best of your days and the best of uh, whatever situation you're in that day. So the heaven of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and praying always, praying supplications in the spirit and watching thereunto with all preservation and supplications for all saints, for all of us saints and believers. Praying is the key to the kingdom. I can't help but to mention this. Um, I was incarcerated once, um, a few times. But during this last incarceration, when I found the Lord, I um, found myself praying every single, seeing like every minute of the hour. I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired. I didn't want nothing but truth. I was tired of being wrong. I had lived a lie so long. That's how in this spiritual warfare, you can tell Satan from a mile away. He's a liar. He's the great deceiver. He ain't coming to bring nothing good, but he's going to come in a real, like, nice, pretty way, a beautiful way. How else could he get up on you? He couldn't get up on you being mean. You ain't going to give him a chance of the day, a time of day. But me being incarcerated, I used to pray constantly, 24-7, all day, every day. I would read and pray, read and pray, read and pray. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, unions, long johns, and the one I wore out a pair of them. I had holes in the knees from praying everywhere. And I had got where I, I was in a, I wasn't, I, was, I, I wasn't where I wanted to be. I wanted to be home with my kids and my family. But I knew I had done wrong, so I had to pay for what I had done. But boy, was it rough. It was like a, a drug, um, I guess a drug dealer, a drug user gone through symptoms, just gone through without the drug or whatever. That's what it was to me, like in the spirit. And I was just um, miserable. But it was good, too. That makes sense to you. Bittersweet. 
it was bad, but it was, but it was good because I found something that I was looking for, and, and that might not have been the way for some of you, but this is my testimony. That was the way for me. When, when it hit me like that, uh, it's a long story, but I'm going to make it short. Um, how much time I got? Oh, I got another hour. <laughs> okay. But anyway, to make a long story short, um, I, um, I um, started reading every, every, every day. Started reading every day. Man, I was mean. I would, I would curse every word I say. I was mean. I was really mean. I didn't realize it. We were talking about that this morning, how the uh, wicked, some of them know that they are wicked. You know what? When you, haven't never, when you have never tasted the Lord, you don't know. You think your way is the right way. Scripture say there's a way that seems right to a man, but every man's right in his own eye. But that's not right. I thought it was right. And whatever way you, whichever way you, uh, things that you, uh, I guess, adjust to, because I wasn't brought up that way, I chose the thing that I did. I had the perfect life. We weren't rich. We weren't poor, poor. My parents worked, bought land, built a house. I lived a regular life. And, um, but I chose to do that. By the things that we see on TV today, being tempted. Uh, back then, I thought I could imitate and be those people, but those people were just acting. But anyway, I, would, uh, I found myself praying on a prison bunk constantly. Praying, crying out to the Lord. And um, I was feeling really bad one day. And this guy came up and said, um, Hey, Willie, come on and go to church with me. I said, I don't feel like it, man. He said, Come on, let's go to church. I was feeling depressed, thinking about my kids, thinking about my mom, my family. I was really depressed that day. I had been incarcerated about three years. I was tired, man. I was beat down. And, um, I just got up and went to church with him. This little girl, she was a little Caucasian girl. She would come into the prison and she would preach. Her name was Sister Mary. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for her. I want to see her one day soon. And anyway, she was preaching and um, I used to go to church a lot then. And um, people would ask me, uh, all, most pastors that come, they would ask you, if you want to be saved, come up. And um, um, repeat after me or sit in your seat, I would run up. But it, it seemed like nothing had changed. But that particular day, I was feeling down. I was really feeling bad. Didn't want to be there or nothing. I went up when that girl, Sister Mary, said, if anyone want to be saved, then come up and uh, I'm going to pray over them. I came up, to make a long story short, she laid hands on me, and I did just like the scripture said, I want to let off a Jaffa noise. And I realized I'm in front of all these other inmates, prisoners. I'm sitting there, I'm like, about to cry. I want to cry. I'm like, no, man, I'm supposed to cry. It's supposed to be hard, you know? So <laughs> I'm trying to hold it back, but I start crying a little, a little, little bit. That day, brothers and sisters, my life changed that day. I received Christ that day, and I've been excited ever since. And every time I think about it, it just brings a little, a, little, a little joy. That's all, them tears of joy. Because I was in such a uh, sad situation, like some of the people that we meet 
out there today, we were just talking about that in Sunday school. Take your time with them. Be, be patient with them. Most of them people that's in darkness, they don't even know they're in darkness. They don't know it. I know I'm speaking on spiritual warfare, but I have to let you, I just wanted to give you that. Um, Jesus Christ is Lord to, today, yesterday, and forever. He's still sitting on the throne, high and lifted up. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. He has delivered us. Amen. So when these things come upon you, just know I'm being tempted. Away with you, Satan. Get thee behind me. That's the word of God, too. That's what Jesus said. Get thee behind me, Satan, and keep it moving. Bring your joy back to yourself and keep it. And keep it moving. Say, that was just a a dart that was thrown at me then. I put that shield of faith up and keep going. Faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. When we speak God's word, God use your body to speak his word where you can hear it. Ain't that something? That's how awesome the God is that we serve, that sits on that throne, still judging today and still winning souls. The battle is already yours. It's already ours. We have already won. All we're doing now is just going through the motion, but he said, take this guide and apply it to your life every single day of your life and try to live it out. That's all we can do. Try to live it out. And like uh, it says in 2 Timothy 2.15, not be ashamed of the word of God, but do your best to live it out. And um, I've been dealing with a lot of that lately with a lot of these um, unbelievers in the streets. They, one of my friends I knew just lost a son a couple of days ago, was killed in a house or whatever. Then a lot of times they'll call you to go preach a sermon, preach a day, uh, the funeral. They want you to put them in heaven. You know, but we can't put nobody in heaven. Travis and no other minister, and none of you. Your work speaks for itself. Your lifestyle as a Christian speaks for itself. But just speaking on that too, but um, um, God is good. Thank you all for listening. And um, as Proverbs 16, 3 says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts shall be established. If you commit your works to the Lord, your thoughts shall be established. And when you're being tempted, remember, it starts right here. You have to let Satan in. He don't have that power. You give him power. When you give thought to that wrong thing, you got to bring that thought into captivity. That's, that's, that's pretty powerful. You got to capture your thought. This spiritual warfare is real, real sensitive. It's real sensitive. It really is. The Holy Spirit the same way. That's why it's so easy to quench the Holy Spirit. Quench the Spirit. It's real, real sensitive. And if you don't watch it, you'll miss God in whatever situation you're going through, but he's still there. God did me like this one day in prison. He said, I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'm right here. Everywhere you turn, I'm right here. God, is, God hasn't went anywhere. We leave God in our mind. The same way Satan tried to attack us, remember, he's spiritual too. He's trying to attack, attack us in the spirit, and God has already won the battle for us, and we got this holy Bible, the holy word of God, and we have to quote to Satan, it is written. When I'm sick, I go find me some spiritual scriptures. 
I'm going to still do what the doctor says, but I'm also going to trust God. I'm also going to pray and put that word in me as I do that medicine. Some of my bottle might say three times a day. I take a pill three times a day. I'm going to study to read that word too. If it ain't but one time that day and believe what I read. Know that God going to deliver me. I think it's Hebrew 4.13 and the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp in any two-edged sword. It's piercing of our joints and marrows. Do you know what's in your marrows? There's blood in your marrows. Blood is in your marrow. Blood, life is in, the, is in the blood. So Jesus, if he the word, and that word get down in my marrows on my bones, if I got cancer, any kind of sickness, if I apply that word and my faith is just that strong, I believe I can, with Jesus in me, he can push that out of me. I believe he can if my faith strong enough. That's how we engage God, with faith. Without faith, it's impossible for God to do anything. Faith is what moved God. We know that as believers. If not, you know it today. Faith is what moved God. God delivered me out of that prison house. Me and Judge Wynn, at that time, he was district attorney Wynn. Whoa. We used to go to war. <laughs> me and Ken used to go to war. But it was a good thing. And let me show you something, how good Jesus is. God is so good. Um, I was so in such darkness. Ken didn't, he didn't like me and I didn't like him. But look what God has displayed today. Wow. It ain't something you got to speak. James said, don't be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. The word going to do, look, he's my brother now. I love him to death. His kids are my kids. My kids are his kids. Not for him to turn me no favor because he's the judge, but I would like the judge to help me from time to time. <laughs> but no, praise, praise God. Uh, Ken has been a real blessing to me, and I thank God for using him to uh, do his job that he did when I was um, in darkness like I were. And... Um, he allowed Ken, he was one of the peoples in my life that uh, helped me got the Lord by doing his job. You see what I'm saying? Jail and prison, it might be uh, a disgrace, an embarrassment, humiliation. But guess what? It's a good thing, man. For me, it was. I thank God for it, and I'm not ashamed of it. I tell the world, I've been on national TV. God said that on uh, Channel uh, 57 Live, I told the whole world this same story about me being incarcerated and about Ken Wynn. I thank God for him. I thank God for all of you that helped me every day, seeing you every Sunday, being the church family that you are, my pastor Travis, such an awesome pastor. And I apologize. That first sermon that I did here, <laughs> I've been preaching over 20 years in the jails, prisons, everywhere. And, um, but it's not us who preach, it's the Holy Spirit. But I guess, I don't know what happened to me that, that week. I was shy like a little kid. Amen. Uh, let us pray. I'm going I'm to pray for us. Heavenly Father, we come in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for another um, time uh, that we came together to study your word. Thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus. 
Thank you that we do have a redeemer. Thank you that we do have hope. Father, we pray for those in the world who do not have hope, that they will come to you, that they will see us as lights that you have put out here to be examples of you, that they will see you in us and they will want what they see or how we are and how we're living every day. But Father God, we give you the glory and we give you the honor for you deserve it all and you are our king. You're our deliverer. You're our Jehovah Jireh who provides. You're our Jehovah Rapha who heals all our sickness and all our diseases. Father, you're all in all in us and we just thank you for this. And thank you for teaching us about spiritual warfare. There was a lot more scriptures, but Lord, thank you for the little that you did give us today. We don't take it lightly. We love you. We give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Well done. Can we show Willie some love, y'all? Thank you. Thank you, Willie, for doing that. Thank you for preaching, bringing the word. And, uh, I love where he took that, and, and it's such good truth, such good scripture, and scripture talks a lot about our spiritual warfare, spiritual battles, um, but as Willie reminded us towards the end there, the good news that we have as believers is that the war has already been won. Jesus has already won the victory. These battles that we face are dark, and they're hard, and they're scary sometimes, and we feel like we're losing. We have no ground to gain. We're just getting pummeled every step of the way, but we remember and remind ourselves constantly of the gospel that says Jesus has won the victory. He has disarmed the rulers and authorities of this world. He's walked over them in open shame, and we as believers can do that as well. So thank you, Willie, for that. And as we transition into worship and communion, just wanna give us this moment to reflect and remember the word that we heard, the scriptures that we've read this morning. Remember what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross, although we we may fail, we may stumble in many ways. Forgiveness and repentance are always right there with us. So church, as we transition to this moment of worship and communion, I just want to remind you of that. Let us remember that truth. Remember what Christ has done. I want to encourage you to spend some time in prayer, maybe reflecting on what Jesus has done. Maybe you need to spend some time repenting of some of these battles that we've failed in. You need to go to the Lord in humility and seek forgiveness, which he always gives us when we ask, which is so powerful and beautiful. And then as you're ready, as you prepare, you can go to the table on either side of the room here and you take the bread and the cup and we eat and we drink and we remember what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you for who you are and all that you've done for us. Lord, I thank you for going to the cross for us, Jesus, for winning the victory. Lord, Satan thought he had you on that Friday. But then Sunday come, and you bust out of the tomb, and you walk out in victory, Jesus. And you give that victory to us, your followers, Lord. Let us remember that in moments of weakness. Let us remember that in moments of temptation. Let us remember that in moments of failure, Jesus, all that you have done for us, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We lift high your name today. In your name we pray. Amen.